Lindsay, because he's going to lose again, just like he did before. Oh, man. He, he will never, lose again if he runs. And not guy. only will hot he stove. lose, Republicans will lose as well. Hot They'll stove. lose the House again. They'll lose the Senate again. They'll lose the White House again if he runs in 24. So, you know, bring just it, bring it on. Just keep your hand on the hot uh, stove. Yeah, you know, if that's, if that's what he wants to do, I mean... I guess Republicans just don't like winning anymore. That's fine. Uh, okay, yeah, we don't like winning. Here's what we're going to do. Announce and announce today. Put it right up in their grill. Not only are we going to sweep the House, we're going to win at every level. They understand this. The whole reason they're out with this stuff, they've already done the polling on this latest debacle from Joe Manchin in this crowd cinema. By the way, the only thing they didn't tax, they taxed the middle class, didn't tax carried interest. The fat cat, their owners... The Larry Finks of the world, right? All the Wall Street guys that carried interest, they didn't tax that. They took that at the last second. They had that debacle. They've also poll tested that nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's just going to fuel. It's another Keynesian debacle. It's going to fuel more inflation. Everything they spun about that is a stone cold lie. A stone cold lie. It's not having any impact. Today, we start with Cortez. You saw the CPI numbers. They're all got the pom-pom, CNBC, Jim Cramer's doing backflips in his little cheerleader skirt. The numbers are rare. It's a slight deceleration, right, of an accelerating inflation. That's what you got. In the underlying numbers, we have a debacle, and we're still one policy move away from financial Armageddon. And right now you got the Fed saying, oh, they're going to start. They haven't done any quantitative tightening. They haven't taken any cash off the balance sheet of a treasury. Now they're talking about a 50 basis point to a 75 basis point. Because they're all in cahoots. They're not independent. It's ridiculous. I'm going to get to my whole thing about taking apart. You got to stop the fuel for the administrative state. You've seen the police arm of the administrative state, and it's disgusting. Let me go to Mike. Mike, you've dedicated your life to this, Mike Davis. You've dedicated, like Bert, you've dedicated your life to this. Just give me your assessment of somebody you've walked away from the the, the big white shoe law firms and, and getting the, you know, the million dollar paychecks and all that to dedicate your life to this system. I want your brutal assessment and frank assessment of the Department of Justice and and, and what was always set up to be fair and even handed and non-political, particularly given after Watergate, and particularly even given my beloved Kennedy brothers, the way Bobby ran things, they didn't want any more of that, right? It got so out of control, you know, with the Kennedy administration, and then what happened in Watergate. Talk to me about a frank assessment, sir, of DOJ and its its uh, its paramilitary arm, the FBI. So I worked in the Justice Department as a young attorney. I was a federal prosecutor as uh, for a short time. I worked in the Bush 43 administration where I helped with the hiring and firing firing across the, the all the federal government, including the, the Department of Justice. When I was the chief counsel for nominations on the Senate Judiciary Committee for then Chairman Chuck Grassley, I worked on the confirmations of all the Justice Department officials, including FBI Director Chris Wray. Uh, what, the, what the left has done to the Justice Department is dangerous. And it's if, if we continue down this path, they're going to ruin our country because you cannot have two systems of justice in America, one for the ruling elite and one for everyone else. And you cannot politicize the Justice Department. You can't have amnesty for, for leftists and full prosecution for everyone else. This, this is not sustainable. 
And when Republicans take over the House in January, they need to start doing something about this. And that includes impeaching Attorney General Merrick Garland, FBI Director Chris Wray, and doing uh, doing uh, very, very, very intense oversight over every aspect of the Justice Department. Hold it. Hang on. Hang on. You worked on the confirmation of Ray for Grassley, and you're saying now, Mike Davis, on the record, that you think, having worked on his confirmation for Grassley, as basically the chief of staff for the confirmation process, you believe that he should uh, be impeached? Absolutely. So uh, my second day on the job for Grassley, back in 2017, after I left my clerkship with Justice Gorsuch, it was the Chris Ray hearing. I inherited Chris Ray. And the, the, the Chris Ray was jammed down President Trump's throat because the, the left used the Russian collusion pretext and firing corrupt uh, James Comey. They, they scared everyone in the Senate that they had to put in someone who was establishment like Chris Ray. Chris Ray is uh, is Comey's protege. He worked for Chris Ray. Chris Ray worked for James Comey for five years in the uh, in the criminal division as as his number excuse me as the number two to, to Comey when Comey was the deputy attorney general, and then as the uh, Chris Ray was also the criminal chief, the head of the criminal division at the Just, Justice Department when Comey was the deputy attorney general. They they had a pact where they were going to resign together during the Bush 43 administration. The, the, Comey's corrupt as hell, as everyone knows, and Chris Ray is his, his protege, his lackey. Uh, Mike, real quickly, you, you had a, a tweet out about the Letitia James situation. President Trump's in another star chamber today. Uh, you know, they're, they hit him at every angle. He's at a star chamber in a civil a dispute with Letitia James finally is finally uh, deposing him. What did your tweet say? Give us your assessment of that. This is a just like with Attorney General Merrick Garland, Letitia James, New York Attorney General Letitia James is a Democrat political activist, right? And so the uh, President Trump asserted his Fifth Amendment right uh, to to not testify today, and he should. I'm I'm glad he did because no good deed goes unpunished with President Trump. We saw this. President Trump cooperated with the National Archives and it led to a, a unprecedented home raid. So I'm glad that he's, he, he asserted the Fifth Amendment. He should. He needs to stop cooperating with all these Democrat activists who are masquerading as, you know, attorneys general. Uh, Mike, I know we're going to get you back on here on this whole fiasco about the uh, big tech, uh, but how do people get to you in the interim? What's uh, the Article 3 and particularly yeah. your social Project, media? Article3project.org, article3project.org, at article3project, at article3project, and then my personal is M-R-D-D-M-I-A, M-R-D-D-M-I-A. And thank you, Steve. Thanks, Mike. Thank you very much. I want to get uh, bring in now Mac Warner uh, from West Virginia, the Secretary of State. Uh, Mac, you, you've been putting forward some very disturbing things that are happening about this election process. We're 90 days away from one of the most monumental, I think the most important midterm election in our country's history, at least since 1862 at the beginning of the Civil War. Mac, walk us through as Secretary of State. What, what are these disturbing uh, developments that you can warn us about? Well, there's a lot of misinformation coming out, and it's coming from our own uh, Congress, it's coming from the Democratic Party, and it's certainly coming from the administration. So there's been this tremendous overreach by the federal government in a number of different areas. Uh, it's in the elections arena. It's in you know the raid on the president, former president's home. Uh, it, it's just one thing after another where they're trying to step in and take over 
uh, and until the states that they've basically abandoned the, the 10th amendment and everybody knows that the 10th amendment said that anything that is not specifically given to the federal government shall be left to the states. Well, they're just obliterating that, uh, left and right. So the election arena, we saw four different efforts by the federal government to try to, uh, by the Democrats to take over the federal, uh, elections and tell us how to run our elections, what they got away with in Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Arizona, they took all of those and put it into one massive bill. And it's like the Phoenix that keeps rising from the uh, ashes. They're going to keep coming at us with that. And we have to stand firm. And that's why this election is so Mac, important. Mac, 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 hang on for one second. This is what I want to get to. They had this bill. It was almost an omnibus bill about elections. They had a Senate version, a House version. It was so over the top that even the Democrats couldn't get afford. I mean, that thing just crashed. And, of course, our audience is very engaged in helping make it crash. But it was so over the top of a federal overreach of our election that couldn't afford. Have they tried workarounds? Are they trying workarounds right now to try to implement certain aspects of that without actually having to be federal? Are they doing executive orders? Are they doing other things in the federal to try to, given they couldn't make it a law and couldn't have this thing because it's unconstitutional to begin with, are, in your view, as a secretary of state, are they trying to do this by other means? Absolutely. First, they did it with Zuckerbucks in the 2020 election, injected this $400 million worth of private money into the system under the auspices of trying to uh, give us a clean election with COVID-19. But what that really did was give key money to key precincts uh, to get out the Democratic vote. That's what it turned out to be. Well, now that the states are rejecting that uh, through legislation, the president has put out an executive order that's trying to use all the 600 some agencies of the federal government and make them voter registration centers. And that's just nothing but Zuckerberg or Zuckerbucks 2.0, where they're trying to put their federal thumb on the scale of uh, elections. It's our job as secretaries of state and county clerks to run free, fair, clean elections. It's not the role of the federal government to come in and interject and say, this is how we're going to get out the vote uh, for the Democratic Party. Mac, here's a question. How as a, because we want to have you back on and tie in other secretary of state too. How can a secretary of state in a state right now combat these executive orders that are trying to essentially weaponize 600 agencies in the federal government to basically be voter registration and other things? What is a secretary of state to do inside the law as it exists today? What is your what what what's the range of options you have to basically combat that? Well, what we've done is 15 secretaries of states have written a letter just last week to the president asking him to rescind uh, that executive order. We're not expecting him to actually do that, although we'd like him to, but we can start pushing back from the states. And if push comes to shove, we can start working with our legislatures to do uh, out, outlaw and say, you're not going to use the federal agency inside the state of West Virginia to do this get out the vote program. Our, our county clerks are up in arms over it. They don't like being told that we're going to get applications from uh, HUD, from EPA, from uh, you know every sort of health care uh, housing, food stamps, every one of those agencies, somebody could go into each one of those, register under a different name, John Smith, John L. Smith, John Lewis Smith. And now the county clerks have to sort that out and have four or five different uh, registrations. It's overworking our underpaid county clerks already. So that's what we can do is push back from the states and say, we're not going to take it real quickly. You know, there was a recent case here, West Virginia versus EPA and the Supreme Court. Fortunately, we have a great Supreme Court now that's going to push back and say, no, you just can't do all of this. If you can't pass legislation through the uh, Congress, you can just put out exec executive orders 
And now through this West Virginia versus EPA case, the Supreme Court is saying, no, if it has a major impact, you have to go through Congress. And that's what we, uh, you know, we're all behind right now saying, uh, go ahead. Mac, my keynote address on Friday night uh, at CPAC, I told the audience as, as much as I'm, you know, love the pro-life people and the, they've done an incredible job over 50 years, Roe v. Wade, the most important case and one of the most important decisions in American Supreme Court history was EPA versus West Virginia. That is the beginning of the deconstruction of the administrative state. That 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 ruling is so powerful on so many levels, and they know it. They absolutely know it. That's why you're going to see the executive. They're going to, the workaround of that in every other aspect. The administrative state is not going to go down easy. They they are going to fight. You're seeing it in every aspect. Part of that's what happened at the FBI. Mac, how how can people get your social media and start to follow you? Because you're a rising new voice of the Secretary of State to saying, "Hey, look." We're not going to allow the federal government to take over. If they can't pass it in Congress, right? And those two bills didn't even get any momentum. They were so insane. Now they're trying to do workarounds, and it, it's it's brave patriots like you are standing up. And God bless those county clerks. Tell, them, tell those county clerks we have their back. It's insanity what's going on. How do people follow you on social media, and where do they go to, to for on your uh, website? Uh, Facebook, MacWarner4FORWV. So MacWarner4WV. Mac Warner, thank you for joining us here from West by God, Virginia, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Okay, let's go. Uh, we now have Carrie Lake. Is Carrie Lake? Carrie, Carrie Lake, uh, we, and we put the dress. Carrie Lake, here's what I understand. The New York Times. New York Times actually has a fairly even hand, as even has the New York Times, big profile of Carrie Lake. And Drudge, is, Drudge who's a hater of all things Trump, has a has a, a, a beautiful photograph and a, and a great headline there. We've only got a minute. Tell us what. Give us your assessment of the New York Times piece. <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised. I was bracing myself for the absolute worst, and so, uh, you know, the guy did a fair job. I I think that when you get in front of me and you have a conversation with me, you realize I'm not what the other people in the media have created. And he did a fair job. We sat down together for about 20 minutes and he got to spend a little time with me earlier in the day. And I think he realized that I'm in this for the right reasons because I love Arizona. Carrie, we're going to take a short commercial break. We're going to come back. Carrie Lake is now uh, running for governor of Arizona against Katie Hobbs. Is one of the heavyweight title fights coming up in November. We also got Joe Kent. His opponent just conceded last night. We got Kerry Lake, Joe Kent in the war room next. It's all started, everything's bigger, and you are over. Because we're taking down the CCP. Spread the word all through Hong Kong. We will fight till they're all gone. We rejoice when there's no more. You know what's never good? When your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted, quote, there's been an unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and supply bottlenecks that affected our economy badly that I didn't at the time fully understand, end quote. You know who understands the real threat of inflation? People who invested in gold and silver with Birch Gold Group. They're protecting their savings from a highly turbulent economy by diversifying their 401k or IRA into gold, physical gold. It's not too late for you to take action now. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, 
to 989898 and get a free info kit on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898. And get the real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free, no-obligation information kit on protecting your savings with gold. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. MyPillow.com promo code War Room. Go check it out today. They gave, they gave, they yanked Mike Lindell from Walmart and other big boxes. You know, there's, there's no conspiracies here in the world, but they're no coincidences. They yanked Mike Lindell. Oops. And then Walmart announced a big miss in earnings. And then they announced they were letting go several hundred uh, executives at Bentonville because of their for, poor financial performance. Uh, they pulled it for his political beliefs and because he's fighting to get to the bottom of three November. So make sure you support him. MyPillow.com promo code worm. Go check it out. The sales are absolutely unbelievable. Go check it out today. Okay. Uh, Carrie Lake, here, here's the interesting thing. I think we pulled the drudge. I think drudge captured it in the headline. What the thesis, and this is the New York Times, ladies and gentlemen, which was supposed, this is always, every time they do a profile of a MAGA, you know, leader, it's always, it's always a super hit piece. This was as, <laughs> as even handed, but no, the, 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 the theory of the case was quite powerful. They said Carrie Lake has been in the living rooms of the, the folks in Arizona for like 20 years, and she's highly trusted. And she's highly trusted that she's treated them like adults. She's been very straightforward and mm-hmm. even-handed, and 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 she hasn't. She's not. She doesn't spin. That is amazingly powerful. And quite frankly, Carrie, this is why you were outspent. You know, thirty million dollars versus three. The people in Arizona and the Republican side saw that. Now it's an opportunity, I think, for both independents and moderate de- centrist Democrats that don't like where their state is headed or their country's headed. Carrie Lake. Well, remember, Steve, I was also in the homes of Democrats and independents as well over 27 years' time. And I told it like it was. I gave the news to them straight up, um, you know, tell both sides of the story, keep your opinion out. And when I realized that it was no longer possible to do that because the news had become propaganda, I walked away. And I think the people of Arizona know me and respect me for that. And no matter what they said, they spent tens of millions putting out lies, calling me names like Fake Lake, when I think most Arizonans would say I'm pretty darn authentic. It just didn't stick. There's an old Zig Ziglar quote, live your life in such a manner that if anyone speaks badly of you, no one will believe it. And I think we saw that play out in the primary. Talk to me about the campaigns. 90 days. Uh, this is going to be one of the most watched. Uh, you know, Katie Hobbs is essentially a contributor over at MSNBC. And, and to be blunt, it's so humiliating the way for Arizona, the great folks in Arizona, such a great state with great patriots and independents and Democrats, too. Not just the MAGA movement out there on, on the global stage with the whole world watching BBC, NHK, Times of London. This debacle, the way she oversaw this last election, I mean, I don't know how she looks people in the straight face and says, I can actually handle the executive position of governor. But but talk to us about your campaign from now, because now it's game on. It's Carrie Lake versus Katie Hobbs. Tell us about it. 
Well, 60 days from now, the mail-in ballots drop, so we don't have a lot of time in Arizona. You know, I think you need to look at Katie Hobbs and realize not only is she incompetent when it comes to running the Secretary of State's office and running our elections, you know, she's really part of the reason that we ran out of ballots in Pinal County, only Republican ballots, mind you, because she advised them on how many ballots to have. And we ran out of Republican ballots on uh, on Pinal County on Election Day within an hour. She's completely incompetent and she wants to rise to the office of governor. I don't think that's going to happen here in Arizona. Her idea of what she wants for Arizona is exactly what we see in California. Those are her policies. And we don't want to become California. That state has been driven into the ground with horrible Democrat, dead-end, destructive policies. And we won't have that in Arizona. I don't think she has a snowball's chance in hell to win this election. But we're going to fight because we know she has the Soros money behind her and the Planned Parenthood money and the, uh, you know, the bosses at the teachers union who really want to keep teachers underpaid and destroy our schools. We have the plans that will help Arizona. We want to secure the border, stop the fentanyl from getting into our kids' hands. We wanna make sure our education's preparing our kids for the real world and those real jobs that are out there, like the trades and the vocational jobs that we have out there. And we just have the plans to, to make our streets safer from our plan to end chronic street homelessness to making sure that we're funding and protecting our police officers so that our streets are safe. She's just full of dead end ideas and I don't think she's got a shot. How does this whole issue about the 10th Amendment and EPA versus West Virginia and now really the courts are saying we're going to devolve, you know, the administrative state's just not going to run this. It's not in the Constitution. You either got to pass a law. It's the state's power. How does that inform your uh, administration as governor of Arizona? We're going to push for our state sovereignty really hard. I mean, we're, that's part of our border plan on how to secure the border using our state sovereignty, also using the Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3 provision in the U.S. Constitution. But when you see what happened at President Trump's home in Florida, how the federal government uh, raided his home, we realize that this government created by we the people has turned on we the people. And this huge bureaucracy bureaucracy has taken over and is trying to control the states and control the people. And that EPA versus West Virginia was a massive case. I agree with you, Steve, maybe one of the most consequential we've seen in our lifetime. It cracked open the door to take on these outrageous agencies that have tried to take over our, our state sovereignty. And we're planning on kicking that door wide open here in Arizona and pushing back against the federal government. They've taken over our land here. These agencies have told us how to live our lives. They take our money with income taxes, take it back to DC, and then dole it back out to us and tell us where to spend it. It's completely outrageous. And we're gonna push that 10th amendment right here in Arizona, and we're gonna push it hard. Carrie, how do people uh, find out more about you in the campaign now that we're past the primary? How, how do they get really actively involved and also your social media? Everybody, my phone is blowing up already. People want to know what they need to do and where they need to go. Thank you. I, I really believe that this governorship is so important here in Arizona. It really is the governor for America because we can't lose another border state 
to a radical socialist like Katie Hobbs or we lose our country. And I think everyone's got to have some skin in the game here in Arizona because we are going to be the state that secures our border. You can get involved, either sign up for our emails or make a donation. We've got to fill up our coffers again because we we really had to drain them to take on that primary opponent. It's carrylake.com, K-A-R-I-L-A-K-E.com. Carrie Lake, thank you very much. Fight on. I look forward to uh, to finding you out, seeing you on the campaign trail. Awesome. Thank you, Steve. Have a great day. Carrie Lake. Let's go. We got a cold open for our next guest. Let's play that. But yeah. We did get finally here from the third congressional district, top two primary, Jamie Herrera Butler, incumbent Republican Congresswoman. She's one of the 10 who voted to impeach Donald Trump. She conceded last night. She conceded to mm. Joe Kent. The Trump-backed Republican who backs up Donald Trump's claims about the 2020 election. Now, we at NBC haven't technically called the race yet, but she's conceded it. And so that basically sets the stage here for the Trump-backed candidate versus the Democrat in the general election. And, and the broader picture, if you just zoom it out here, we've been tracking these. Here they are. Here are the 10 Republicans who voted to impeach Donald Trump after January uh, in 2021. And here is their fate in 2022. And you see here, a lot of them simply chose not to run. Okay, you've got Herrera Butler is going to lose the primary. Peter Meyer lost his primary last week. Tom Rice got clobbered in his primary in South Carolina. Notably, David Valadeo got through his primary in California. Donald Trump did not make an endorsement in that race. So I think a big asterisk on the one win you have there. And then Dan Newhouse won in Washington in the, in the fourth district. He may be best positioned here okay. to survive. Let me, let's go. We want to bring in Joe Kent. Joe, uh, Joe, an absolutely monumental victory. And I got to tell you, as much as the war and posse and other people and the great people in Washington three, and there's so many great patriots there, I got to give a hat tip to you. This is, you've been at this for a while. You served your country on so many combat tours. Your beloved wife gave her life in defense of his country. You got a couple of small kids. You, brother, put your shoulder to the wheel like nobody else. It's just incredible. And I know this audience absolutely loves you and just wants to congratulate you on your great victory. Well, thank you very much, Steve, and thanks to everybody in the War Room Posse and the people of the district. I'm honored to go forward and to fight once more because our country is is in a bad way right now, as we saw with the raid against President Trump and the full scope of what the Biden regime is doing to our country. So I couldn't be more honored. I look forward to really uniting the not just the America First movement, but the entire Republican Party right now. I'm also grateful to my opponent for, for bowing out last night and to my other opponents on the Republican side for also bowing out. We had a great moment of unity last night at the Clark County Republicans meeting where I was endorsed unanimously by the Clark County Republicans. So it's on us right now to reach out to those independents and to those Democrats who know that the country's heading in a bad direction to start unifying and to take our country back. And I couldn't be more honored to have this position right now uh, to really go forth and serve again. I think I want to talk to Clark County and the folks out there, uh, a hat tip also, because this is what has to happen. These primaries get very nasty and very personal. But you got to come together because we have a bigger cause here. Joe, real quickly, tell people how they can, because now it's 90-day full sprint. How can people assist you? How can people help you on every level of volunteers? 
Yeah, we're about just like uh, Carrie Lake in Arizona. We're about sixty days from the ballots getting mailed back out again for uh, for elections for the general. So go to JoeKentForCongress.com. We had to burn through a lot of money fighting the millions that were dropped on our heads at the last minute there. So JoeKentForCongress.com. Any kind of donation that people can make is really going to help us push us through. And then Joe Kent One Six Jan One Nine at Twitter, Gitter, and Truth Social is how they can track me on social media. Joe, once again, out in Washington 3, coming together under your leadership, but also the leadership of your opponents, it's unbelievable. And what we need to have is a, we need to have a signature win out there, a signature win in Washington 3. Joe Kent, uh, one more time, Joe, real quickly, what's your social media? Uh, best touch point is JoeKentForCongress.com, JoeKent16Jan19, one Jan, one Twitter, Gitter, and Truth. Joe Kent, you're a warrior and a patriot. Game on. Okay, short break. Jack Vasovic, Steve Cortez next in the war room. Years have proven that we need to be prepared. We constantly see government overreach, attacks on our communication and energy grid, worldwide conflict, natural disasters, and the never ending assault on our security and privacy. Having reliable communications is essential. Now don't get caught without reliable communication. And I'm here to tell you, your fragile cell phone simply won't cut it. It will not cut it. That's why I've partnered with the Satellite Phone Store so you can stay prepared and assure your vital communication stays private. They're one of America's largest satellite telephone companies with thousands of happy, well-prepared customers. Right now, they have a special promotional offer when you go to sat123.com slash Bannon. That is sat, S-A-T, 123.com slash Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. Get a free Amerisat satellite phone, 150 monthly minutes, free United States domestic number, and free rollover minutes for only $99.95 plus tax per month with an annual agreement. Now go to sat, that's S-A-T, 123.com sat123.com slash Bannon and get your device today. Don't put it off. Life can change in an instant. That's sat123.com slash Bannon. Do it today. Take action. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, because of the Mar-a-Lago situation, we've had so much other signal, not noise, we haven't been able to get to, but I want to get back to I want to start with uh, Jack Basovic. Jack, uh, thank you for joining us, and thank you for hanging on as we've had to juggle a lot of stuff today. Uh, you've got a, uh, a, a, a deep analysis of, uh, of General Milley. Walk, walk me through uh, this whole fiasco that's coming out now about Milley. He's going to resign. He had this letter uh, to trash Trump. What is going on? I happen to believe that when we get back uh, in power starting in January, there's got to be a full, deep investigation of what happened in June of 2020, particularly with the then Esper, the Secretary of State. And Esper should know your book hangs you, right? Because this all came about because they didn't like the photo op and the, and the left media jumped on them. And, and their whole essentially coup, and it was a coup, started right then. They absolutely admit that they weren't going to follow what the commander-in-chief said. They don't get to pick the commander-in-chief. They just don't. The American people pick the commander-in-chief. That's the way the system works. If Bernie Sanders or AOC, if AOC becomes president, she's commander-in-chief. 
If Bernie Sanders plays the commander in chief, that's the way the system works. The military and these guys can't decide on what they're going to follow and what they're not going to follow. Jack Posobiec. So, Steve, we've got the post up now at postmillennial.com. We've dropped this, and it is a bombshell story because as we're seeing now that the forces of this illegitimate regime are ransacking Mar-a-Lago, ransacking uh, First Lady Melania Trump's her own wardrobe, her clothing, uh, her closets. They're going through different things that she's gotten there. We have to understand and unpack who the people are that are running this state. And we've got the full text, postmillennial.com. Everyone can see it. And we're going to be going through it in my show in great detail tonight at 10 p.m. for the RAV audience, Human Events Daily, that it is a resignation letter that Millie wrote, an extremely emotional letter that he wrote yet never submitted to President Trump in the aftermath of the crackdown on the BLM and Antifa riots that were held there outside the White House, the burning of historic St. John's Church. President Trump ordered the clearing of that area. Bill Barr, Millie, the rest of the White House, they go out. Uh, everyone's walking out there. He holds up the, the iconic photo of him holding up the Bible in front of St. John's Church. I will defend a symbol of, of law and order and where, of course, the Bible, our source of law and order, where it comes from. Millie then goes on and apologizes publicly, undercutting the commander in chief on live TV. But we now know that he also penned this resignation letter. And I'll read a little bit of it to you. It is my deeply held belief. These are the words of Millie. It is my deeply held belief that you are ruining the international order and causing significant damage to our country overseas that was fought for so hard by the greatest generation that they instituted in 1945. Between 1914 and 1945, 150 million people were slaughtered in the conduct of war. They were slaughtered because of tyrannies and dictatorships. That generation, like every generation, has fought against that, has fought against fascism, comma, has fought against Nazism, comma, has fought against extremism. It's now obvious to me that you don't understand that world order. You don't understand what that war was about. In fact, you subscribe to many of the principles that we fought against, and I cannot be a party to that. It is with deep regret that I hereby submit my letter of resignation. Now, Steve, when you look at the writing level of this, I mean, this is like seventh grade, eighth grade writing. First off, this is like first off, first off, first off, is it, that, 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 hold on, hold on, stop, 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 stop. Pasovic, what you just read there, and it's up on Post Millennial right now with Jack and the team over there, the great team, that sounds like a, a, a tween sending in a letter to the editor to Tiger Beat magazine. What are we yeah. talking about? The guy is supposed to be the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. That sounds like a uh, that sounds like a, a letter you send your parents from summer camp when you got a big tear on it. I'm homesick. What is going on here, brother? This is a humil This is humiliating. He puts we, that out. As, go ahead, Jack. What we need to understand now. What we need to understand that with this letter coming out, and we've surfaced it. We've got it up there. Postmillennial.com. We're going to be going through it line by line tonight on Human Events Daily. But. What we what we are seeing, Steve, is that this is our military being run by essentially uh, unstable, emotional, white, middle aged men. And it's what I've dubbed a, a deranged eunuch class. You've got a deranged eunuch class that is running our military. So if you've got children that are in uniform, if you've got family members that are in uniform, if they're going up against the Russians and the czar in the, you know, the Eastern marches of the Donbass, if you're going up against the CCP and the Taiwan Strait, you have to understand this is who's running our military now. You also need to understand you, 
that because of their impotence, that drives their rage. That's what drives a guy like Merrick Garland to order this uh, pre-dawn raid of Mar-a-Lago, right? Which could have been done with a subpoena, which could have been done with sitting down with the lawyers. They said they were talking to the lawyers. They didn't want to do any of that. They have the secure room there at Mar-a-Lago to go through the documents together. They let them in. President Trump walked down and said, hi, the reason they're doing this, Steve, is because they understand that they are regime in decline. The mask is completely off now. And because of their own emotional instabilities, they are lashing out with the tools of the very state itself against the only people they can, the American people. This is about, so just remember the, the deranged unit class. This is in, in, in after the election in November. This is the guy that has on his own just d- d- decides to call the Chinese and essentially say, I won't I won't let this guy start any military operations. Is there anything closer to treason? And you see his you see his intention. He did this because the media wrote some bad stories when they walked over the St. John's Church and really a dramatic thing to let the American people. Hey, we have stability. He and Esper colluded. Preserve your documents, brother. Preserve your documents. Well, they only, colluded. They thought about that, Esper talks about his book. Go ahead, sir. I want to see the phone records of General Milley vis-a-vis Nancy Pelosi's flight over to Taiwan. Because guess what? We saw the People's Liberation Army Navy conducting their military drills, their effective military blockade of the island, over flights of ballistic missiles for the very first time. And where was where was the U.S. Ronald Reagan? Where was our carrier strike group? Where were our destroyers? We were nowhere to be found in and around the, the Taiwan Strait. Did General Milley call the PLA? Did they call the top general and tell them that we were going to stand down? Did General Milley say that? We need to know that, and we absolutely are going to put him under oath under the next Congress. This has to be done, and it is a matter of national security. It doesn't matter about whether you're Republican, Democrat, or MAGA. This is about the national security of the United States of America at this point. By the way, Banks had a three-hour dinner with with Claudia attending these. We'll get more details. I had a three-hour dinner meeting with Trump last night to go through the whole, you know, the Republican study group is the one picking the verticals. This is a huge vertical right here, obviously taking down the Chinese Communist Party and and Mill and Millie, uh, what side's Millie playing for? This letter is a humiliation to to know that we appointed and approved a guy at that level. Jack, tell us about the new show. How do people get to it? Uh, you're doing incredible duty. Uh, you know, juggling everything, the turning point stuff you're doing with Charlie, uh, the great work at Post Millennial. Now you got a whole show uh, with the great investigative reporter Drew Hernandez. How do people get to it? Right. So it's it's on we're, we're everywhere you can be found. It's in line. It's in streaming. We've partnered with Rav. So we're on 10 p.m. there. Last night, our show blew up. We did an entire expose, the history of the FBI, just that we walk you through the last 20 years. And we called it the FBI American Stasi. We've got hundreds of thousands of downloads on that episode already right out of the gate. But we're not going to stop because we are dropping receipts on everybody. Last night was the FBI. Tonight, it's General Milley. We're coming for you, sir. We've got your records, so you better preserve the rest of them. Human Events, um, it comes on at 10 p.m. We've got Apple, Spotify, everybody get your podcast, and of course, powered by the great Turning Point USA. Okay, make sure, what what is also the social media on, on Twitter? You're still on Twitter, on fire, also Getter, all of it. How do people get to you? Right. That's on Twitter and on Getter. Um, And if you're on Getter, by the way, if you're watching live at 10 p.m., 
you might just see me in the live stream, in the live chat. We were in there last night. We were having a great time watching it, just going back and forth with all the fans on Getter. Really, really incredible community there. So excited to be with everybody. But Steve, actually, there was one question that people wanted, wanted me to ask. They said, Steve, where's the mantelpiece? Where's the iconic Bannon mantelpiece? What's going on, man? You, you, you never know where the field command. Now that we're now that we're on the after CPAC, you don't know where we're gonna be. We're always we're always moving. Decamp mantelpiece will be back. All right, the, the, the field headquarters. The mantelpiece will be back. Hopefully, not to, in short order. Jack, the icon, great work. Man. Great work. Ten at ten p.m. every night. Uh, Jack and Drew Hernandez, incredible. Thank you, brother. Human Appreciate it. Talk to you. Okay, I want to bring in Cortez for the Cortez. Before I get to your amazing Newsweek column on on the whole Zelensky and the moves, I got to ask you because you're not Ivy, but you're Ivy, you're Ivy adjacent or Ivy equivalent over there, at Georgetown, right? Uh, give me your assessment of the Princeton Columbia graduate Millie's, because I say this letter is like a tween right. at summer camp you know, would send a Tiger Beat magazine or send to their right. parents with a big tear on it. No, no, you know, I'm so homesick. You know, they put the tear, Mom, right. that's my tear. It was humiliating. But you had even a deeper thing you were saying. You walked me through it. You, you, you got me right away when I showed you what Brasovic was working on. He said, "It's this thing's humiliating. Walk me through the Steve Cortez Georgetown take on this, brother. You know, I, I literally couldn't believe, putting aside the substance, which is, of course, you know, just absurd, the actual prose, the syntax that this man used, he is supposed to be the tip of the spear for the United States military, for the greatest military in the history of mankind. He has two Ivy League degrees, and he writes like he is a fifth-grade moron. I'm literally, and by the way, not, not just writes anything, okay? This wasn't unimportant to him. Had he actually had the guts to submit this letter, which of course he didn't, but if he had the guts to submit this letter, Steve, this letter would have been the defining piece of paper of his life, of his entire professional career. So clearly it is something that he put thought into as much as he's able to come up with thoughts. But when he put pen to paper, it was absolutely embarrassing. Like, Steve, I'm actually tempted to go over it the way a, a fifth or seventh grade English teacher would and redline the paper. I mean, that's how emotional, how disconnected it was. Uh, how rambling it, it really it's incredible to me. It's it's a stark reminder that uh, we should not buy into credentialism. Right. And there is far too much credentialism, I think, in our society broadly, but particularly when it comes to the ruling class, when it comes to the multinational corporations, to the non-governmental institutions that people have too much trust in. And then certainly when it comes to government institutions, we want to believe that places like the FBI and the State Department and the Pentagon, we want to believe that they are led by true experts. And when people do have on paper credentials like Ivy League degrees, uh, we would like to think that there is a certain level of vetting there, a certain level of intellectual prowess, of, of mental acumen. But that letter, I encourage everyone to read it. That letter reveals exactly the opposite about Mark Milley. So not only is he a politicized fool, and he certainly is that, He's also just a moron. And that letter, I mean, it's clear. He is a moron. So he is unfit on so many levels to serve as the top commander of the U.S. military. But one of them is simply the intellectual level. It's, it's, a, it's a laughable letter. And again, remember, this letter, had he submitted it, would have been the most consequential thing that he ever wrote in his entire life. Uh, now, that's an important point also, Steve, is the fact that he didn't have the guts to admit it. Because he, if he actually meant the emotionally charged things that he said in his letter, if he actually meant those, 
then he would be honor bound to resign. He couldn't possibly continue to pretend to serve the elected commander in chief, Donald Trump at that time, if he actually believed in the emotionally charged uh, attacks and, and allegations that he was making against Donald Trump. So, I mean, I just think in, on so yeah. many levels, it's indicting yeah. of Mark Milley. <laughs> Hang on for a second. We're going to take a break and we're come back. I got to get to this Newsweek piece. It's that important. Remember, Milley, not being a West Point grad, the thing that he always pushed in his career that he was uh, Princeton and Columbia, right? It's the equivalent of a letter to the editor from a tween to Tiger Beat magazine. That's the level we're talking about of seriousness and gravitas on, on issues of the greatest national import. Newsweek magazine, Steve Cortez and Zelensky, all next in the war room. Homeowners beware. You could already be the victim of home title theft and not have a clue. Some cyber thief may have already forged his name onto the title to your home. Think about that for a second may already have forged his name onto the title of your home and you not know it. Well, here's how you find out. My partners at Home Title Lock have a special free offer to my listeners. Now go to HomeTitleLock.com. Then simply enter your address for your free, no obligation, home title scan. This is how you discover if a cyber thief is already camping on your home's title. Look, the title to your home is the only document that proves you own it. And once he forges your title, he can take out loans in your home to forge your name, stating that he's the new owner. First things first, let's make sure your home's title is securely in your name. You can do that now by going to HomeTitleLock.com and use my promo code RADIO, R-A-D-I-O, RADIO. Then enter your address for free, no obligation, home title scan. That's a $100 value, totally free. Again, that's home. HomeTitleLock.com, code radio. HomeTitleLock.com, code radio. Do this today. Take action. In Joe Biden's America, criminals are exalted and the police are condemned. Sad to say, but you need to be prepared and properly trained to defend yourself and to defend your family. Thankfully, there's iTarget Pro. This revolutionary system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your own home. No more inconvenient trips to the range, and with inflation causing the price of ammo to skyrocket, you save a ton of money. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm, and start your training experience. iTarget will help you develop muscle memory, sharpen target reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger function, and more. iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Go to iTargetPro.com right now and save 10% plus. Get free shipping with the offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, all one word. This makes a great gift for Father's Day and is less expensive than a few hours at the range. That's the letter iTargetPro.com. That's iTargetPro.com. Offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. Arrived. The new social media taking on big tech protecting free speech and canceling cancel culture join the marketplace of ideas the platform for independent thought has arrived superior technology no more selling your personal data no more censorship no more cancel culture enough getter has arrived 
It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Okay, everybody get on Getter. We got a live chat over there. I'm putting up information. Cortez, he's doing live streams. By the way, announcement, Ben Harnwell is going to be on at noon right after the show. We'll be talking about following up on what uh, Steve Cortez is about to tell us about Zelensky. He's also going to have some commentary and analysis on the FBI. So make sure you watch Harnwell at Harnwell on Getter Live. A live stream will be coming up. Also, Steve, uh, we're supposed to have Steve Stern and Dan Schultz on today. We're so jammed. We're trying to get on this evening and tomorrow. If you want to help President Trump, here's the most significant way to do it. Go to precinctstrategy.com and sign up. Become a member of the Republican Party as a precinctman, not a donor. And not somebody who just votes. Go become active. You want to know how you're going to help? You must weaponize yourself. So let's get active. Precinctstrategy.com. I need everybody to go there today and to sign up. You must become a precinct commitment. That's the entry level. Once you're there, you're a player. And there's so much more you can do, too. You don't need money for this. I know times are very hard, particularly for the deplorables. You don't need any cash. What you need is your commitment of yourself. And that's what you need to do today. You need to commit to commit. I talked about this with the great Alex Jones yesterday. You need to commit. You've got to go all in. If you want to help save your country, you need to go all in. Go to precinctstrategy.com, sign up, become a precinct committeeman in your local area, and then we'll talk about what else you can do. Force multiplier and pushing out our social media, our content in a, in a precinct, and it doesn't cost you a penny, not one penny. Okay, we're going to go to Jane Zirko in Palm Beach in a moment. i got to go back to Cortez. Cortez, major piece in Newsweek. Walk us through it, uh, Zelensky. And this is so central to the direction of this country right now, the United States of America. Right. Talk to me about it. Well, listen, Zelensky, who was allegedly, according to the ruling class, the best friend of America, guess what? He's reaching out to the most significant and dangerous adversary of the United States, the Chinese Communist Party. But before we get to that, I want to talk about the narrative shifting. We touched on this earlier, but it is continuing. And by the way, this is my first piece at Newsweek, and I want to give credit to Newsweek for being a legacy media platform that is not normally of our worldview, not a patriotic populist uh, home, but a place that is interested increasingly in diverse ideological voices. So I'm very glad to be published there. But what I point out here is one part that we already touched on was Tom Friedman of the New York Times. And I'd like to put that quote up again, please, because I think it's worth repeating. Tom Friedman, who is in many ways the stenographer, the PR agent for the ruling class and for the White House, here's what he had to say. And I think this was really the trial balloon, the opening salvo of starting to turn, even the White House starting to turn on Zelensky. He said the Ukraine war is not over. And privately, U.S. officials are a lot more concerned about Ukraine's leadership than they are letting on. There's deep mistrust between the United States and Ukraine President Vladimir Zelensky, considerably more than has been reported. So that was the opening salvo. After that, CBS News, again, an organ effectively of the ruling class of the administrative state in the United States, CBS News actually did some real reporting, and I'm quoting from them. Much of the billions of dollars of military aid that the U.S. is sending to Ukraine doesn't make it to the front lines. CBS also, in its reporting, quoted an on-the-ground operative who said, like 30% of it reaches its final destination. So of the tens of billions of dollars that the American taxpayer is borrowing to send to Ukraine, according to on-the-ground operatives quoted by CBS News, 30% of it 
is actually reaching its final destination. Now, CBS News did later try to mitigate and, and pulled back the tweet. So, you know, apparently they were castigated by some folks. But here's the point. The narrative is shifting in the corporate media, and that's significant, and we need to pay attention. Now, in addition to that, though, I think even more damning about Zelensky and even more revealing of his true nature and who he really is, he gave an interview with the South China Morning Post, and he overtly and publicly made overtures to the Chinese Communist Party for help. He, he asked them to, quote, help rebuild Ukraine. Help rebuild Ukraine. Said he wanted direct conversations to continue with Xi of China. And by the way, in a previous phone call, publicly revealed with Xi, Zelensky, and this is again a quote, he offered that Ukraine should be a, quote, bridge to Europe for China. A bridge to Europe for China. So Zelensky is reaching out to the foremost adversary of the United States, the existential threat to our prosperity, to our existence, the Chinese Communist Party, and he is directly asking for help. Why? I believe, as I point out in this article, that Zelensky can read the tea leaves and he realizes that even in Washington, D.C., the tide is turning against him. And guess what? He needs a new sugar taddy. So where is he going? He is reaching out to the butchers of Beijing. And this should put to bed, by the way, Steve, any ridiculous notion that Zelensky is about human rights because he is openly asking for help from the biggest and most potent abuser of human rights in the entire world, the CCP. He's also asking for help from the CCP, which is largely, largely financing the Russian war against Ukraine. Why? Because they are buying the oil from Putin. So it shows here, I think, the absolute hypocrisy of who Zelensky really is. And I point out in this article, and I end with this line, this is not our fight, and Zelensky is sure as hell not our fighter. By the way, absolutely brilliant piece of Newsweek. Steve, how do people get to you on social media? Yeah, please find me at Steve on the getter. And then on Twitter, I'm at Cortez, Steve Cortez with an S. And please read this piece at Newsweek on Zelensky. Thank you very much, brother. Thanks for taking all the time to bifurcate your hit. Okay, let's go to Jane uh, Zirkel, Calamity Jane's down in Palm Beach. Jane, yesterday they cleared the bridge. Give us your assessment right now. We only got about a minute, but give us your assessment of are we going to see more support from President Trump today or are the police going to start clearing things out? Well, Steve, Mar-a-Lago is actually directly behind me right now, and the media is camped out. There are several supporters of President Trump um, that have just started to arrive. And from what I heard last night, they are planning on continuing showing their support outside Mar-a-Lago. And now the media, the leftist media, has been saying that what has gone on here has been an example of extremism. And I'm going to say that the only thing extreme here in South Florida is the heat. This has been nothing more than patriotic Americans coming together to show support for President Trump. They have been completely cooperative with law enforcement and the crowd has been peaceful and um, they plan on being back. So we'll monitor the situation. We're going to have Jane back on this afternoon. Jane Zirka. Calamity Jane can take the heat any way that you serve it up. OK, she's one. She's a spectacular young person. Jane, thank you so much. Look forward to having you back on the afternoon show. Make sure every okay, we got Ben Harnwell at noon. Ben Harnwell's going to be up on Getter. You got the great Charlie Kirk on Real America's Voice, Pasopic tonight at 10 o'clock. Our show from 5 to 7 is going to be lit. We'll be back at Palm Beach with uh, Jane Zirkel. Also, talk about President Trump and his situation today, all at 5 o'clock to 7 tonight, Real America's Voice and Lindell TV. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. 
It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today. Check it out. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us.